Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hey everyone, welcome back to our pod. This week's episode features Kathy Van Ness. She's the COO of Golden Door Properties. She's so soothing and calm and relaxing, so I'm sure this episode will put you in a really good mood. And if you missed last week's episode, it featured Giorgio Settis. He's the co-founder of Nutrafol. I hope you enjoy the shows. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Where Brains Meet Beauty. I am sitting with Kathy Van Ness. She's the COO of Golden Door Properties. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I am so happy to be sitting with you today, um, and I want to tell our listeners why. Um, you are so generous and kind over email with me, and um, I'm not even sure how I found your email address, but I did, and I sent an email to you, and you've been just, um, the warmth that I feel from you over email is so incredible, so it's so wonderful to finally meet you face-to-face. Oh, it's, I'm very humbled and happy to be here. Thank it's, you for, for We're going to talk us. about some exciting things, and it's going to be great. Yes. Um, so let's start with something easy. How will you be spending your day today? Oh, my goodness. I'm in press all day today with my press team, which is always fun because you get to talk about all the new things that's going on in the industry and what's going on new at Golden Door and sort of share it with everybody. It's going to be a fun day. And, and I get to be here with you, I'm, which is the best part of the day. <laughs> are you someone who is, um, can you easily be on, like is talking all day, come naturally to yes. you? When you lead companies, you are always on, even when you're not on. Because you don't know who would be watching you or who would even be in a grocery store. I kid people all the time. People expect leaders to be like ready and available and not sick or tired or grumpy. It would be terrible. Of course, you're always on. And, and you have to be able to flip on. Right. So do you have in a, a good way? I feel like I would have a little bit of a resentment around that. No. No. I mean, if you love, I think the secret to that is you have to love what you do. Mm-hmm. I think too many times we fall into traps and we really don't love what we do. When you love what you do, it's not really work. It's really your life and it becomes your life's work and the things that come out. When I think of my career, it's, it's not the beginning of your career or your hard work that you can look at. It's only when you've gone through all these different doors and all these different mirrors that you get to look back and say, holy cow. I got to do this. I get to do the Olympics. I get to be the president. I get to make cookies. I got to start a broth. I get to like talk about avocado trees and silk blouses. That's amazing. So let's talk through this because um, in my emotional journey, I get challenged by um, being needed, right? So I'm like needed at home, which I'm happy to be, but then sometimes I'm like, can you just go get the spoon yourself to my 11-year-old? Like, get a spoon, need a spoon, get out of the chair and go get it yourself. Um, So when I'm tired or hungry or, you know, just sort of like had enough, um, when I'm needed so often, whether it's from my team or just externally, um, like you said, at the food store, I get a little resentment around it. Um, How can I unravel this? That is one of the biggest questions that women have, which is so interesting because what are you resenting? And I actually talk to women a lot about this in lectures. You can't have it all, at all at the same time. No matter where you were in your life, you cannot have it all at the same time. And a man doesn't get to have it all. You know, we have empowerment groups and women's leadership groups and we have all these things to motivate women. But the reality first has to come that you have to really like that want this for your life. Look, I have two incredible children. Was I there at PTA meetings? No. 
Was I making cupcakes on weekends? Uh, probably not. But as I was I a good mom? Yeah. Matter of fact, I'll give you one great story, which you, I think that your listeners would love. When my daughter was in preschool, very young, and I was commuting from Princeton to New York, which is a, another two hours of your day both ways, I remember getting a phone call from another parent who said, what a terrible mom I was. I was never at the school. Well, I didn't realize the school was a co-op school. I never even heard of it. I had no idea that it meant I should be in graham crackers and orange juice. I'm heading over to be the president of Diane von Furstenberg in New York City. I'm actually pregnant with another child. And I'm sitting here, and I look at my daughter, and I say, how are you? How is school? And she says, great, Mommy. But, you know, Mommy, the other Mommies say you're not a good Mommy. And I go, do they? And so how do you feel about that? And she says, I don't know, Mommy. I think you're a good Mommy. So I go over to the school. It's like February. I have my daughter's big glasses. She's now a real scientist today. And I take her to the school and I hold her little hand. I'm all dressed up in my dear work mommy suit and she's all dressed up in her little like I'm gonna have a fun day day. And I say, I say to the school to the principal, I say, I'm taking her out of school today. Because you can't do that. They go, yes I can. Because you know why? You're teaching my daughter prejudice. Because I choose to work or I want to work or I have to work, none of that has to do with love. I want to teach my daughter right now this early lesson to not ever listen to that. She's going to come home for the rest of the year, and I'll find a new school next year. And she's sitting there with those big eyes. To this day, she's been one of the biggest proponents of women's studies and women's groups and helping women not feel guilt. Because you, going back to your question, which is a long answer, sorry, you should feel joy about the fact that you're now going to live to 100. Not like yesterday, you were, we lived at 30, it was over. You can do everything. It's just a matter of how you plan it out. Yeah. And yes, sometimes they're going to be tough when the 11-year-old wants something and you just, gosh, not again. But you know what? That's just minor. Right. That's minor. Yes. I, um, I think these things are harder when I'm tired, when I'm hungry, when I'm um, emotionally spent. Um, and I think a lot of it is sort of uh, also an imprint. Like there were so many years when I was doing it all, all at the same time, which exhausted me to no end and I think my body still thinks that that's like the starting place and yeah. it's almost like every day I wake up and my body still thinks I'm there and I unravel it during the day right but then I wake up again and my body still thinks part of it is still in that space right when I was like at mommy and baby gymnastics trying to watch my kid do gymnastics with my phone buzzing in my pocket mm -hmm. and like thinking that that was normal, and it right. wasn't. I just did, I needed to learn that, totally. right? I needed to, to find on. my way. And we all have to learn that, and it's going to be harder for you than it's going to be for me. We all have to learn how to be able to separate. This is not a good time. And you are also, by the way, training people. If you're always available at 6 a.m. in the morning and someone really wants you at 6 a.m., this is a problem. But if you let everybody know that 6 a.m. in the morning is my quiet time, then people will respect that, and you'll train them to get to what your preferences are. Yes. Everybody's preferences are different. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't care what time someone calls me, as long as there's some hours there that no one's calling me, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> right, right. Um, okay, so let's um, let's talk about something that I just discovered about Golden Door. So yes. I've always known of it as a luxury spa and resort, um, maybe mysterious and exotic. I've never been there, so that's how, you know, that's the impression that's left on me. Um, but I, what I didn't know is that spas made the decision to donate 100% of its profits to charity. Yes. This is a very, very big It's move. very big and very important. Can you tell me about this? You know, we, when, when, when I started almost six years ago and I worked with the owners, and you sort of want to know what is the purpose of the business. Is it to be acquired or to live on? And their goal was is they did not need the money. And I said, well, why don't we do something really incredible? Once we 
bring Golden Door back to what it's incredible today. Why don't we give all the money away? Because what would you give it to? I don't know. We don't know what we would do. Let's just put that in our mind. And a, half a year later, we got a letter from a child abuse center in San Diego saying the center was closing. And it was at Christmas. And the letter was about shame on us as a community. This was the only center like this in that area, in that region. And we thought, well, we should go down. Let's go. I'm going to go look at this. And so we did. And that was our first check. We got matching funds from the county and from the, you know, they had buildings and they're endowed. And we started to realize there's this sector of child abuse that really needs attention. I said, we transform people's lives every day. This is the perfect mission, if we're going to have a mission for Golden Door, is these children need to have their lives transformed. Mm -hmm. And this is not the child abuse that you, you can't see. This is child abuse that's domestic. It's people you know, people who are around you. It's very challenging and very discouraging. We have to get rid of it in America for sure. So you put this intention out there, and then months later, know, it right? materialized. So um, do you support only one charity through Golden Door? Is Many. It multiples? Um, Many. And we're moving toward, as we move into 219 and 220, to actually creating a movement for the children, because it really will take a movement to change it. So there's only a handful of companies that um, operate this way. A handful. We're business for profit. We're not a non-profit. Mm -hmm. We pay taxes and we want to do roads and schools and all the stuff you're supposed to do. And so but at the end of the day, whatever's left over, this is a private company. We just write our checks mm -hmm. and we make a difference with the charities having to do with children. That's the focus though is children and it's children's abuse specifically. You've been the head of many companies, and I have a whole list here. We can go through some. So it was, we went, oh, I want, I want to. This is really fun. Okay, it started, I went way back in LinkedIn. Federated Department yep. Stores, Diane Von Furstenberg, VF mm -hmm. with Swim, Focus yep. on Swim, then Warner Co., mm -hmm. Focus on Swim, and Speedo, followed by more Swim. Um, okay, so. I know everything you could ever want to know about a bathing suit. Seriously, <laughs> I actually do want to know a few things about bathing suit. I'm a girl who needs a lot of support, so I need to know a lot about bathing suits. We all do. <laughs> so um, I would imagine that running Golden Door is very different than those leadership positions at those other companies because of this. In a good way, though. I'll tell you, if you, you, people do not want to put square holes in square pegs into round holes. But why not? Here is a... Literally, when the Conway made the decision to hire Kathy Van Ness, it was like, oh my gosh, she doesn't have hospitality experience. But fashion and consumer care and touch and feel and look and taste are hospitality. The experience that we create every day in the world of fashion and art is the same. So I would I actually not being hospitality and only beds and heads driven could look at it and say, what's our experience? How are we changing the experience for the guest? How are we really making it like nothing else in the world? Um, but even but on like a, we did. an emotional level, knowing that after the hard work that the whole team does at Golden Door, the payoff is going to be actually like supporting this charity that's in your neighborhood yeah. where you can actually like see Well, I think impact. the payoff becomes in a couple ways. The payoff becomes that you actually affect a lot of people's lives that come to the Golden Door. Mm -hmm. And then the second payoff is, is that you make a stab in the world of this child abuse. We just had our first child abuse summit. Unbelievable information came out of that summit. If having Golden Door being part of the voices, because we can, to talk about child abuse and bring it to the, talk about the policy. What are the laws surrounding child, child abuse today? How do they compare against animal rights? What's going on with those rights? Mm -hmm. And I think we can make a, cha a change there. That's where it feels really right. How have you seen a difference in the staff when this decision was made? Oh, yeah, you know, they're, they're quite proud. I mean, they see that we now have 600 acres and we're really a farmer in our part-time. And we're making these difference with children. They, they, they are quite proud. Um, 
I just get such a sense of serenity from you, even through email, which is so bizarre that I can. You know, is this who you were before Golden Door? Yeah, pretty much. You know, you, it, 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 I think that today's leaderships can be chaotic and fearful. And I think there are many ways to run companies that can be nurturing and be guiding and be transformative. And I think that's the future of companies tomorrow. They, no one's going to accept that fear type leadership. Right. There's a lot of that out there. Mm -hmm. I see it in my clients, work. right? Yeah, They're scared. Yeah, I see it. Clients in the past. Um, have you ever trained C-suite people on how to be happier C-suite people? Yeah. Well, I'm excited because we're doing a project now with Bergdorf Goodman and we're doing these interviews in their store. And one of my interviews coming up is on, on happiness. And I can't wait to have that interview to share, like, you know, is, 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 are you happy? What does that define? Well, there is actually now a definition out there of your personal happiness. What does that mean? And how can you get there? And why aren't you there? Mm -hmm. You should be there. This is, you should, this is your life. This is your planet. This is your world. It doesn't get better than this. So what I've learned over the past few years is I've been trying to um, reach more wholeness um, and be more true to whoever I am and discover who that is, is that I think of my weekdays, my work days, I spend more than half the time working on myself, like thinking about why I feel about certain, how I feel about certain things, what's motivating me in this moment, unraveling like, you know, a physical reaction to a situation. That's more than I spend on like the pod or the agency. And I feel like it's the most important work that I do. Um, but that doesn't feel like what I know of leadership in business, right? Um, well, I, I, we have this little, one of the lessons we do when we're at Golden Door to the, our guest, and that is, is that life is, life is right here. Life is right here at this moment. And many times people spend a lot of time thinking about life, like out there. Mm -hmm. Where am I going? What am I doing? Why am I not getting there fast enough? You know, how am I going to get through this? And then you, what's in front of you is hard to see because it's, you're, it can't unfold because you're too busy thinking about the future. We try to tell people all the time, just focus on where you are. Because mm -hmm. when you do, magic happens. Absolute magic. It's something you never even expected. I mean, we're sitting here. Yes. I'm interviewing in Bergdorf. I'm buying avocado trees in our spare time and lemon trees and learning about farming. So you, when you open yourself up to the presence, your mind will be happier, your soul will be happier, and the opportunities are right in front of you. And there's this quote, I don't remember who it's attributed to, the present is a gift. It is. Right? Um, which I love the play on words so much. And that history is whatever. Don't look back. Right. Okay, so let's, um, let's take a journey yeah. through your career. Yeah. Let's travel through the fashion C-suite, um, because I'm curious to know um, what you picked up along the way that gave you the opportunity to do what you do at Golden Door. Um, so when I look back at Diane von Furstenberg, I feel like you were probably there at the time when I started to know what the wrap dress was, right? It was like the resurgence, mm -hmm. um, renaissance. Mm -hmm. um, how did you fall into that opportunity? I was recruited to be the president, so that's good. But then I, th I think the interesting thing about Diane was is that her incredible ability to reinvent herself as the consumers aged out and to come back and reinvent herself, reinvent herself again. And look at her, she's like a fashion icon again in his shops and stores, and I'm so proud of her. It's amazing what she's been able to do. Right. Really amazing. And business was so different back then. We didn't have no, .com, yeah, shopping. so different. Right, we didn't have social. Yeah. Um, we relied on the media to yeah. help us tell our stories. Yeah, we did. Um, what's the biggest lesson you had from those days? Never forget about the product. Never forget about the experience of the consumer. You know, we were talking to someone today this morning about that. 
it's so easy to be short term. It's so easy to give up certain quality markers to push it through. But at the end of the day, you're going to miss the point. The point is not about trying a way to get it fast or cheap or pushing it through. The point is, is to have, especially status brands and brands who have stories to tell, which I think we have stories to tell. People depend on you to tell those stories. They depend on you to have done the research that your product is really good. They don't want you to take a shortcut. So I think there's a lot that's going on in the marketplace now with are things overvalued or undervalued? So I, I, I would say if I walked away with one thing, two things. One is always be innovative. No matter how depressed mm-hmm. life is and the market is, you must keep in front two years. You've got to be innovating. And let your people innovate. Mm-hmm. Give them the tools and the ability to innovate and bring innovative ideas and let them do some of it. And you can be an always you can always be on the front. You can always be number one. So let's talk about that topic because I feel like um, beauty specifically um, that brands, well, I almost don't want to call them brands, companies um, feel very short-sighted right now and obsessed with like product, but just in a sense of like, I need to create and sell more product. Um, and I feel this feels overwhelming to me, this sense of like not caring about legacy. Um, you know, when I was growing up early on in marketing, like it was all about like being here for 50 years, 60 years, yeah, growing course, as a business exactly and being in our lives, yeah. you know, a brand that would be in our lives forever that we, you know, share with the next generation. And I just don't feel that now. I feel like very few brands even see the future beyond the next year or quarter, right? They're not thinking about the legacy of their company. And I don't mean legacy in like financial planning. I mean like, will this brand be a part of my life in 10 years? Well, I think that's very interesting. And I think maybe not. I think that things will go, I think that legacy will come back. Mm -hmm. I think that when you're dealing with a new group of customers that have a completely niche, personalized point of view, You've been, you've been trained on your own music, your own kind of sneakers, right. your own house. You're not even going to a house and here's a whole room. You're going to buy that whole room and put it in your house. No, you're buying pieces even to the way you set your house, mm-hmm. the way you order food, the way you make dinner. Everything about this new customer is niche-oriented, personalized. So when you go to the big box brands who've been doing it kind of this way, you, you, you worry about that they're not going to be, understand you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say trust because I don't think that there was that kind of relationship. It's just So all the new niche guys come up right. and they're really talking to you with these special little terms. But in the end, it'll all even out and there'll be another kind of legacy or legacies where we invent themselves. So let's look at Burberry. Mm-hmm. Burberry, what, 15, 20 years ago? Oh my gosh. That's a legacy status brand. Yep. Look at its evolution. It was like nowhere, and it's, it's, it's a wonderful story. The legacy brand that's done amazing right. as it came back to life through multiple ways. Right. So right. I think this is timing. Right. I think it's just a time of disruption because everybody has to be disruptive now to get noise. Right. I, it's, I guess it, in my head, maybe I'm just having a down moment on it. it. It just feels like a whole bunch of fish fighting for the same little piece of they fish are. food. Um, they are. And... Maybe I'm looking for the real innovation, which is that fish that's going to like swim around that crowd and go find like a bigger chunk of food down down the way where no one else is. You know, maybe I'm just longing for yeah. um, real differentiation. That only comes from showing you what the differentiator is, then you buy into it. Mm-hmm. You know? It's kind of like a. I think that's a harder path. Right, but it's harder. Yeah, right, which harder. is why 
Right. People aren't doing it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk. Let's talk about swim. I'm actually kind of interested. Um, what do I need to know? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Don't. Why one are swim, pieces are great? Right. Why are they honest. so expensive? Well, it, if you really want a great swimsuit, it has multiple parts. Mm -hmm. First of all, the fabric is this, you want a good fabric that stays stretched yes. and doesn't stretch apart. Yes. You want it to hold you tight and yes. be nice and dull, and so it's not super shiny and inexpensive. You want it to be able to stay there if you get into a hot tub so it doesn't fall apart the second and melt, which right. is what they do. And you want it to fit and make you look great because you're naked out there. Yes. That's yes. the real story. I want all that. You want all that. I'm already because ready Because you're to taking off all your clothes <laughs> and people are going to be looking at you and you want to look fabulous. Mm -hmm. And you can totally do it. It's absolutely there. It's all about the art of buying the right swimsuit. Understanding what you want for your bust. Do you want to have it strapless? Do you want to have a long V, which makes you sexy? Do you want cutouts or not, low back or not? There's thousands of choices. Underwires, no cups. How did you splash into that space? Oh my gosh, I was just a kid. And they walked over to me one day and said, we'd like you to manage this heinous department of the swimwear. That the racks are everywhere and the stuff is falling on the floors. And oh my gosh, the place was like a nightmare. And I went, oh my gosh. And I had it forever. So you started at the store level? Yeah, I started at retail and then came into wholesale, mm -hmm. and then went to hospitality. So I started at retail on the floor, and swimwear was one of my shops, and federated. I would imagine that um, that consumer contact was really valuable for you. Amazing, and what a place to learn, because you're listening to them every day. Right, it's about something so intimate. It was amazing. It was great. It only gets more intimate on the intimate side. That's right. That's right. Because <laughs> you're really intimate. <laughs> Another hard category, obviously, buying a bra. Yes. Oh, I can yeah. go on and equally, on about that. Equally as difficult. But sometimes <laughs> there's hope. There's, there's hope. hope. <laughs> it's all about the fabric, even though no one wants to look at it. Good fabric is important. Right. Because it sort of holds you in. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Um, it's I mean, all beautiful fabric. There was a time where in my 20s where I could buy a cheap suit and like, it wouldn't matter. Yeah. And then um, right. I crossed over to the other side where it's right. like, that does not work anymore. It, um, yeah, the fabric does not hold me in place. It does right. not keep my parts where I need them to be. Right. Um, and then, yeah, they don't last. They're just junk. No, you just always look at the fabric. Right. Okay, so how did Golden Door happen? Because I just feel like this feels like the most incredible you know, match. This is a wonderful t time. I was just in Montreal, and I just had come back to L.A., and I got a call from a friend of mine in YPO. They said they needed a female to come down and work with ownership to kind of guide them through this takeover of this property. It was just acquired, went into private ownership. And I thought, oh my gosh, Golden Door. I bought their book years ago. Mm -hmm. Wow, Garmick. I'll do that. So she said, go down there and stay there. And I go, of course I'll go down and stay at Golden Door and see what it's like. And she was amazing. The owner was amazing. And we got started working together. And she said, I want you to come run this. And I'm sitting here thinking, I was just about make it, ready to make a decision on my next step. And I had to call the header, and she's Kathy. This is a world class. I go, you know, I know, but this is, this is really a lot of white space. I mean, I'm, we're talking about travel and wellness and health and fashion is all on the top. Is the, the most important trends today, and will be for some time. So each week, we're talking about how to make people's lives feel better inside the store and outside the store with incredible people like you. Just how do, how do, how do women get to feel better? How do we get to be, feel better? It's not just applying stuff to ourselves. There's a whole other part of mindfulness. How is your brain going to stay younger if you don't understand what your brain is actually doing? So it's been, it, it, she said, come join me. And I said, okay. And that's because since she bought it, and I was there a month after she bought it. So pretty much I've been there since it went into private ownership. 
And tell me about the experience. It's just, you know, the turnarounds are always hard. In the beginning, it's always hard because you know where you want to go and maybe mm -hmm. nobody else does. But once you start it and your team is all on board, oh my God, I mean, think about it. We're making broth and ginger cookies and chocolate chip cookies and this incredible fig jam from these figs. We're making flower gardens and vegetable gardens and we have 40,000 trees coming in and we need steaks and water. and this sort of circumference of life all lives here, mm -hmm. whether it be beauty or women's health or women's rights or interviewing a neurosurgeon or a neuroscientist or interviewing someone on space travel, which we've done. It sort of puts you into this really interesting experiential world where there is no limits with our guests. It's all about having them feel great. I love it. And how many guests can stay at? 40. 40 at a time. It's very so intimate. intimate. Oh, my goodness. Exactly, on purpose. And it's always been that small? Yep. It's actually smaller in the beginning. It was actually in the 20s. It's so 10s. interesting because when I um, first heard of Golden Door, I don't even know how old I was. I just imagined it was like a gigantic space. Um, Think of on 600 acres, 40 rooms. So was there like a lot of licensing a long time ago? Is that how I they, would have they were, been they were in cruises and they were in other hotels. Mm -hmm. But I think, it, I think it's really difficult to take a Japanese Ryokan Inn and maybe put it into like Fort Lauderdale. Right. Or into like Colorado, into, you know, a Mediterranean look. So we pulled all those back and said, this is the only location. Absolutely right decision. Mm -hmm. Only one location. Because it is a classic real Ryokan Japanese inn. With gardens and koi ponds. Oh wow! It's really authentic. And um, the current owner mm -hmm. was this was is Golden Door somewhere she used to go to? Yeah, she was a guest twenty-two times. Really? That's sale, so she cool. She says I have to I have to save it. I have to buy it. And she did. It's the perfect person. She was also the perfect person to buy it, not a corporation. Right. She really loved it. Right. Still loves it. So, what is your goal for Golden Door? See how many lives we can affect, mm -hmm. not only through our mission and our charitable focus, but our golden door part. Right. And when we see guests come across the boardwalk on Sunday and they look tired and kind of gray, and we get to say goodbye to them when they leave it on the next Sunday, and their face is all like bright, and their skin looks great, and they've lost some weight, and they're eating good, and they're making promises as they go. There's nothing better. It's I, the best. I, um, I gotta say, it's the best. You're wetting my appetite for this. Yeah. So, is it a guest stay for one whole week? Mm -hmm. We have shorter stays, but 90% mm -hmm. stay for seven. Mm -hmm. That's when you see the real magic. Mm -hmm. And um, do they abandon their um, technology? Yeah. Phones up, leave the phones it's at the so door. It's so fast. Women are harder, believe it or not, than men sometimes. And they'll walk around, but by Wednesday, they're finally saying, "You know what? I can. This is about me. This is my turn. I need to take care of myself." And they put them away. But it's not a requirement. Well, yeah, you can't talk on the phones and walk around the property. Oh, but they can use them in their hotel yeah, rooms. Yeah, totally. Uh -huh. You mm -hmm. can, like, read them on your pool, right. but you can't be, like, doing transactions <laughs> right. at the pool. And um, with 40 rooms, and that's essentially 40 guests yeah. a week, um, what does growth look like for a company when you're limited by that? Well, I think growth comes from our, our products and all the things we do mm -hmm. outside. Mm -hmm. You know, you're right. We only have 40 rooms, and we have a very high occupancy. So our guest return rate is about 60%. So Lily's 40 left every year. You know, we're already into 2019 months ago. Right. So I think it means that we stay very special. 
Yes. So, you know, everything you're talking about is like completely contrary to what's happening outside on the street, right? I it's know, like I all know. about like bigger, 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 yeah. bigger, throw more product at people, I throw know. more marketing at people. But you know, that's a very good question. I, when I first came into this world, the first thing I noticed was consolidation. The first thing I saw, the spas consolidating and mm -hmm. getting bought by bigger companies. And I thought, hmm, you know what happened to retail when it got bigger. Well, you know what happened to all those stores that are now gone today. So I said, to, I said we're going to get smaller, and we're going to get more niche. And we're going to get more focused on that one guest, on that one single guest every week. Because when you get bigger, you can't focus on one. It's impossible. Your buys have to be, think about aggregated. I have to, I, for my store, we buy for one place. Mm -hmm. It can be incredibly special. If I want to get a person there who's an artist who can understand how to make your skin vibrate and make you feel like sexy and great every day, if I can, I can get that one person to come to my one fabulous golden door. And that makes it more special. This job sounds like a gift. It is. It's been blessed. I mean, to be able to um, focus without the pressures of um, why aren't we bigger, right? I mean, I, I feel like uh, listeners right now are probably very um, inspired, but also feeling like, what can I find that sort of? Well, you know, I think it depends on where you want your, your to go. And I think I think we're, we're really sort of honest about the fact that we don't want to grow too fast because we're special. And I think that when you want to be luxury, quote, status special, you have to be very mindful of how you grow because it can go like that, that you're no longer special. Right, but if you were bought by PE, you would have been, you know, would be having locations all over, right? It would have been about it been that. Very, it's all karmic. But, but um, it's true. everything you're describing about, you know, from um, focusing on every guest every day to um, giving back to your community um, to, you know, evaluating the business model to say, like, it's not about all these external things. It's about who we are. Um, and staying loyal to that. I mean, that's a dream come true for somebody like me. So I'm wondering um, if you get a lot of people who want to work for your company. <laughs> You're so cute, right? Like, wouldn't this be the place that people want to work all the time in some way? I'm actually honored, but every day. Like, who wouldn't want to work there? Who's mm -hmm. in every the day. the space of you know health and wellness? Every day, or even people who want to clean the rooms yeah, and work in the day. kitchen. Like every, everybody every wants to be there. Well, because our kitchen is not just a kitchen. This kitchen is it's, it's going under renovation, even better kitchen. But it's also they're in this garden of 30 acres, whatever, of their own vegetables and tomatoes and cucumbers and peas and flowers and bees and honey farming. That's, that's what makes it fun to cook. Because every day they only have to make what's absolutely seasonal. Right. If tomatoes aren't in, we're not going to go do the tomatoes. We're going to go to what's in. Broccoli's in. It's delicious. <laughs> um, okay, so there's so only one golden we, door and there's only a certain number of positions, right? Yeah. Um, but we have lots of different businesses because we are a farmer. Mm -hmm. We're a retailer. We're a wholesaler. We're a, we're a, a charity, we're in, not in the sense of we are a 5013, but we have charitable mission. Mm -hmm. And we're a hospitality. Mm -hmm. and it's all of the worlds of hospitality. So it makes us, there's nothing like us anywhere that does all that. 
Okay. There's lots of opportunities. So for, the for all C you guys out there who are thinking about opportunities. <laughs> so for the C-suite person who's not going to get a job at Golden Door but is super inspired by what's happening yeah. and your personal zen and also like the contributions that Golden Door makes to their, their community and their customer, um, what can that C-suite person who's sort of maybe working at a PE-owned brand who's like, you know, they're just driven by growth, 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 numbers, growth, um, what can they bring to their work? to be inspired by what you do, even if they don't, if they can't have it themselves. Well, I think it's all about looking at life differently. The fact that this is, this, I mean, why, why should we wake up every day? We always tell them, why would you wake up every day with a bad thought? Why don't you wake up every day with a great thought? And when you go to bed at night, why, if, as the bad thought is entering your mind, why don't you put the bad thought back away and just say, what's my best thought I could have tonight? If you could do that every night and every morning, and when you get up and you stretch and you wiggle in your bed, you don't just leap and go, ah, oh, the phone is ringing in my face right next to my bed with messages. I promise you, you will have a change. And I think that that may not answer it completely. Like, I can't obviously say if someone's working in a job and it's corporate and they don't like it, how can they feel better? But maybe you could just feel better by looking at all the things that are great in your life. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's, your, that's the perfect job for you and your family now. Might not be perfect for you aspirationally, but... Other things in your life are happening aspirationally, and recognize them, and be satisfied with where you are, or right. change it. I love that focus, Kathy. I'm so inspired. Um, I'm going to be googling <laughs> Golden Door right after you leave. Um, thank you for sharing your wisdom with thank our listeners you. today. This is amazing and fun. And for our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this interview with Kathy. Please subscribe to our series on iTunes, and for updates about the show, follow us on Instagram at Where Brains Meet Beauty Podcast. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.